0: On the throw to first base, and the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. are where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the On Podcast Network, your team's every day. The only daily Royals podcast, and on today's show, We're going to discuss the Diamondbacks game from last night, and how good can this Royals team be? But first, I want to let you know that if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard by now all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach local sports fans just like yourself. But what you you may not know is that the Locked On Royals podcast is a great way for your local business to reach Royals fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company a unique way to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, but a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Royals fans who are predominantly male, well-educated, with disposable income, then put your company right here on this Locked On podcast network. Local fans love supporting local businesses, so text ADVERTISING to 33777. Again, text ADVERTISING to 33777 and support the Locked On Royals podcast. So let's get into today's show. On today's show again, we're going to recap the Diamondbacks game and also talk about the expectations for this team and how good can this team be. So yesterday against the Diamondbacks, they finally got going at about 8.05 Central Time, which was an hour delay. They had some security issues and things of that nature, but it all got worked out and everyone was okay, which is the the most important part. The first thing we're going to talk about from that game is Michael Franco, my guy, went 3-for-3, a monster home run, an RBI single that almost took Luke Weaver's head off. And I've been the conductor of the Michael Franco locomotive, and it's paying off right now against the Diamondbacks in spring training, that is. But he looks good. I've been saying all along that I love his upside. I love his potential. I love the no-risk, high-reward move from Dayton Moore and the Royals signing him bring him in from Philadelphia, I told you that he has that kind of power. He has that kind of hitting ability that can play even in Kauffman Stadium, which is very rare for hitters. So good for Michael Franco. I hope that this continues on into the regular season. It's important to note also that he just went three for three with a laser home run, a laser RBI single after being hit in the face, which is very rare. I mean, once you get hit in the face, a lot of the times it takes even the best hitters so much time to get back in the groove of things, so much time to feel comfortable. I mean, it wasn't him getting hit in the face was not as severe as Giancarlo Stanton, but even Giancarlo Carlos Stanton, when he got hit in the face in Miami, he was never the same for the rest of the year, and it really derailed his whole season. Uh, but obviously Franco was dealing with a hit in the face to a lesser degree, but it is still something he has to overcome, and, and looks like he's comfortable and back at it. So the Royals won this game 6-4. to four. Kyle Zimmer is another one I want to talk about. He stood out yesterday. He got the start. Of course, I told you yesterday that Jacob Junis was in line to start, but he was dealing with tightness and soreness, and they scratched him. So it turned into a, quote, bullpen day. Although, again, in spring training, everything's a bullpen day, so that didn't really make any sense for Mike Matheny. But Kyle Zimmer got the start. He went the first inning, got out of it with no runs given up. He did work himself, though, into a two-on, no-out jam, and... If you know Kyle Zimmer, that's a situation in which you get really nervous if you're watching Kyle Zimmer pitch. He worked out of it. Again, I know it's spring training, but that's a good sign for Kyle Zimmer. And this is an important spring for him because we've talked about it on this show. He's been awarded that fourth option. So getting that fourth option means that the Rose can send him down with no penalty this year. If he does not perform in spring training... And given the fact that some of these pitchers have stepped up and some of these pitchers are off to really good starts this spring, Kyle Zimmer has to keep that pace. One of those pitchers is Trevor Rosenthal. And again, he pitched a 1-2-3 inning. Every time we talk about Trevor Rosenthal, it's been 1-2-3. Three strikeouts yesterday. He hit over 100 miles per hour on the gun. Trevor Rosenthal is becoming a pin piece that you kind of are expecting to be good this year. I know it's spring training, but since he has his velo back, he has his command back, he's been going one, two, three, Trevor Rosenthal looks like he's back. And again, you don't want to jump the gun, but it it's all signs are pointing to the good right now if you're Trevor Rosenthal. Josh Stomont is a guy, a young pitcher who yesterday pitched a clean inning, only gave up a walk. Uh, Had two strikeouts both uh, times. He went over 102 miles per hour to do it. Josh Stomont has electric stuff. And everyone who's followed the Royals minor leagues knows that. But he just lacked the command. And now it seems like he's kind of found it a little bit. And I think that Josh Stomont is going to make this club out of spring training. And whenever you can have two guys out of your bullpen that can go over 100 miles per hour, if Rosenthal's velocity keeps up, I have no worries about stillmont's velocity. Uh, th- that's been his bread and butter. But if Rosenthal's ve- velocity can keep up, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a dynamic pairing that we did not see coming. Two guys with 100 miles per hour out of the bullpen who have pitched very well this spring. Both these guys have pitched awesome. Greg Holland is someone else that you've monitored all spring long, of course, trying to make his... Redemption tour, his comeback tour, his reclamation project in Kansas City. Was once one of the top rows closers in history. Ran to some injuries, regressed a little bit. He had a he's had a very good spring so far, but he had his first adversity yesterday against the Dimebacks to give up a home run, a couple hits. But again, I've told you all along in spring training, the stat lines don't matter that much. Getting to watch how he threw, he looked comfortable. He looked good. His stuff was fine. It was just unlucky, so to say. I mean, it wasn't like he looked terrible. It wasn't like his stuff was off. I mean, he looked fine. So that's the encouraging sign that he looked comfortable and he looked okay. But, of course, you never want to give up runs and home runs and whatnot. Ian Kennedy also struggled. I mean, he was terrible in that second inning. But it was his first time out. And with veterans, as I told you, a lot of the times they're not even trying to get outs. I mean, they're just trying to work on different pitches, work on different things, and see what works and what doesn't work. And obviously, whatever Ian Kennedy worked on yesterday did not work. But to know how how silly that veterans take, you know, veterans take spring training is that you know Trevor uh, Trevor Bauer, who don't even be starting on Trevor Bauer. You know, would flash what he was throwing the other day as a, kind of a joke for the Astros because he doesn't care. I mean, he's going to make the team. He's just trying to dig at the Astros who he's for some reason, hates. And, I mean, another reason, but nonetheless. So, I mean, these these veterans don't care. And I'm sure Ian Kennedy was just working through something and, and trying to you know work on a new pitch or develop a new pitch or see what he can get away with. So I'm not too worried about Ian Kennedy. I'm not ready to... You know, I'm not ready to panic about Ian Kennedy, Ian Kennedy, so we'll see how that all goes. After the break, let's talk about this team overall and see how good they can be. So we're back here on the Lockdown Royals Podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rylan underscore That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And let's talk about how good this Royals team can be. The first thought that probably entered your mind in January, whenever we started this podcast, early January, I believe on actually I believe on December thirty first, but when we started this podcast it was probably that this team's gonna be a hundred loss. It's gonna be a hundred loss ball club and it'll be another tanking season. Hope for a good draft pick and it's just a part of the rebuild. Now, it's still going to be a rebuild. It's still not going to end in a ton of competitiveness. But I'm not ready to say this team is a 100-loss team right now. And I'll let you know why. So here's the players I know what I'm going to get. And it's going to be a positive. You know, Salvador Perez. I know what I'm going to get from Salvador Perez. Good glove behind the plate. Good batting average. Good guy at the plate. I mean, he's an all-around good hitter. He'll have some highs and lows at the plate, but it'll all balance out to where, at the end of the year, he's given you a solid, productive season. Alex Gordon, I know he'll probably give me a fast start at the plate. He'll slow down a ton at the back end of the plate. And then in the field, though, he's going to save me a ton of runs. Whit Merrifield is going to be one of the best hitters in all of baseball. Collect up there with the best hits, I and mean, with the most hits in all of baseball. He's done it in two straight seasons. Can he do it for a third? That's a tough task, but he'll be right up there. Danny Duffy, I know he'll give me about a three RA, maybe a little bit pushing four. You know, if he's having a bad year, he'll push four. But ultimately, every fifth day, he'll go out there, and they'll have a chance to win. Jorge Soler, I know he's going to give me a ton of home runs, a ton of power, a good slugging percentage, but he's going to struggle with strikeouts and whatnot. Tim Hill, I, I feel comfortable in that I'm going to get a solid setup man. I'm going to get a guy who can go out there and limit the damage get the Royals out of situations. Ian Kennedy, I feel confident in him now as a a closer. I know that he just got roughed up yesterday, but again, I don't really care about spring training in the sense of veteran pitching. Uh, So he got out of it. Uh, I'm sure that that Ian Kennedy will be a solid closer. Now, will he be one of the best in baseball as he was last year? I don't know about that, but he'll be solid. He won't lose many games for the Royals. He'll win a a ton. So who has a ton of upside on the Royals? That's another category I have. And that's Nicky Lopez. I mean, Nicky Lopez looks like he's been training with Whit Merrifield because he has been. He's been tra- he's been on that Whit Merrifield diet. He's gotten jacked. He looks good physically. He's hitting the balls hard. I mean, it, 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 he is impressive this spring, and he was once one of the highest rated prospects in the system. I still believe in him. Alberto Mondesi, if he can stay healthy, you believe in a ton a ton of his upside. But the question is, can he stay healthy? Hunter Dozier was an all-star last year. Can he duplicate that as he transitions into right field? And then you have Jacob Junis and Jorge Lopez, who are two guys that you think can add to your pitching staff and provide you a solid season. Now, they're not going to transcend your season, but a solid season. Steven Woods Jr. has a ton of upside coming from A-ball. All the way up to the big leagues, he has a ton of potential, a ton of stuff at a young age. I like Woods Jr. as a front end of the bullpen kind of guy who you throw in there as a long reliever maybe or just whenever you need to get through that fifth inning or sixth inning early on. Uh, O'Hearn and McBroom have shown a ton of potential. That's Ryan O'Hearn and Ryan McBroom. have shown a ton of potential this spring. I have upside in them that they can... Lock down first base and be productive. Now, again, it's not going to be transcendent, but it's going to be productive. And then you go to the young guys. Josh Stomont. I think his ceiling this year is a lights-out closer, especially if you can trade Ian Kennedy and put him in that role. Now that's his ceiling, he probably won't get there. You probably are not going to reach your ceiling. So I like Josh Stomont. Brady Singer is a guy who's going to get sent down out of the, out of big league camp if the Rows are smart, but he'll be called up this year, and I think that he can be electric. I mean, we all have a lot of hopes and a lot of praise for Brady Singer. I like his game. I like his stuff. I like his command. I think Brady Singer can shore up this pitching staff. And then you go to the maybes. Maybe Greg Holland can round back into form. Maybe Trevor Rosenthal can round back into form. If – that happens. If they can just get three or four upside maybes to turn into very good players, they're not going to lose a hundred games, and they're going to reach their ceiling. And again, I think that their ceiling, I think that their ceiling is last year's Texas Rangers. You're competitive for the first half of the year. No one saw you coming. You're a game and a half out of the wild card spot. You're in the wild card spot. Then you're out the wild card spot. Then you're in the wild card spot. Then you've slipped all the way down to three games out of the wildcard spot. Then you've nudged your way back up to a half game out of the wildcard spot. And then come the trade deadline, you've fallen all the way down to about seventh, eighth. I mean, you're, you're out of it. But you were competitive for that first stretch of the season. For, that, for those first two, three months, you were competitive. And I think that that's the Royals' ceiling. I think that that's their outlook of how good they can be. How bad can they be? If all this goes wrong and Corden gives you nothing in the first half of the year, Duffy's is pushing four or over four ERA, so Lair can't duplicate his power. Perez isn't ready. Mondesi's hurt again. Nicky Lopez flops again. Rosenthal and Holland are, are duds. Singer struggles his first year as a big leaguer. Dozier regresses. If all that happens, then there'll be a 100 lost teams. That's your floor. And they'll meet somewhere in the middle. They'll meet somewhere in the middle. We'll do, we'll do over-unders and projections this season uh, on Friday. But I don't think that they're a 100-loss team anymore. After seeing this team in spring for over a week, I don't think that they're a 100-loss team. In January, I thought this team was going to be battling to not lose 100 games. I thought that that was going to be the goal, was to not lose 100 games. Now, the goal, or not the, the goal is still going to be bad. I mean, I mean, you're still going to be bad this year. That's what I'm trying to say. But I think that you're going to get over that mark of not losing 100 games this year with ease. Now, you might lose 90. You might lose 95. But you're not going to lose 100. I don't think this team is going to lose 100 games. And, and that's big for the Rose. That's that's good improvement as they're starting to turn the corner on this rebuild. So... I think that the ceiling, of course, again, for this rebuild is what the Rangers did last year. The floor is 100 losses, and they'll meet somewhere in the middle and lose about 90 games. So on tomorrow's show, we'll preview the 26-man roster and see who I think is going to make the club out of spring training. So be good and be good to one another. This is the Lockdown World's Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Roland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S.